It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hey everybody, it's the Wrestling Classic Justin here. I just want to give a huge shout out to Maestro Classic. Have you ever wondered how superstars all stay so perfectly groomed? It's all because of Maestro Classic. Maestro Classic is the best in its category and loves crafting a better you in beard care. They are undeniably good at keeping your beard clean and conditioned. They have a sulfate-free beard wash to clean without drying your skin and leave a conditioning beard butter to help groom it smooth. The beard oil is silky smooth and will help give it a shine while the beard recovery is a deep conditioning rinse out product to help rejuvenate maestros. They also offer the trinity of hair care with lightweight pomade, gel, and leave-in conditioning cream to help make your hair feel as unconditionally good as your beard. And listen, I'm not just saying this because they sponsor and endorse the page and this podcast. I'm saying it because I use Maestro Classic myself and I have been using it for years now and I love the way my beard feels and how fresh and healthy it is. If you are a bearded man, trust me, it is very important to use the right oils and wash and creams to protect and keep your beard healthy. It's fun to use the foam that comes on your beard when you're taking a shower using the beard wash and it's quality stuff. Guys, Maestro Classic is the real deal. And if you are a bearded man, do not look any further because this is the product for all of us. Maestro's Classic is one brand for every man. You can find them at Target or online. Or if you're in the partner state of Texas, you can check out the local Heb. Be sure to use your promo code TWC Maestro to save 25% if you do do online purchases and keep doing the thing and get yourself some Maestro Classic. Ooh, yeah, dig it, Maestro, uh huh.
we are back for another casual conversation with the classic. I'm here with comedian, actor, podcaster, and many more things, fellow Canadian, fellow Van City Canadian, Will Sasso. How are you doing today? I'm good, pal. How are you? I'm good. I got myself a coffee. I'm ready to go. We finally are doing this. I'm glad. Yeah. Um, first things first, the first thing I want to get off my chest was thank you for following the page. For so many years, I remember when you first followed, and I was like, oh, that's crazy. That's Will Sasso. And then it's still here. <laughs> still Dude, here. I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing. It's like your 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 shit is some of the most consistent. I mean, I'm always impressed by people who who get in and stay into the you know the world of professional wrestling, which I'm sure you would agree uh with yeah. me. Well, I know you agree with me, but it's <laughs> like here's this incredibly unique art form and and I don't know. It's something that that it, it, that the fans, uh, the the fans of which, uh, just stay in. I can't, I can't get, I can't get loose from it. It's been, uh, you know, for over forty years at this point. I guess it's a, that's what we're, we're going to talk about that because it is a weird dynamic when it comes to wrestling fans because either you get you catch the bug and it sticks with you forever, you catch it, you kind of fall off. But if there's one thing I did learn about my page from some of the people, and that's why I said it was really like it's really cool that you still follow because that shows that you're still a really big fan. But there's been a bunch of people that followed the page that like it just showed me that like oh everyone has been like a wrestling fan at least once in their life at some point, whether they were a kid or a teenager, at some point they liked it. Yeah, and it has that twinge of nostalgia for them, so it's cool. Um, before we get into the wrestling though, because I, I'm sure we're gonna talk a whole bunch about wrestling. What do we have going on today? What are you up to today? You got the Dudesy podcast. You got some stuff coming up. Oh, yeah. I'm here in the Dudesy studio, Hamfighter <laughs> One Studios, yeah, as we like to call it. Yeah, Dudesy. We have a podcast, me and my good pal, uh, writer, producer, author, and so on, Chad Culchin, and myself. Uh, we have a, a podcast called Dudesy, D-U-D-E-S-Y, uh, at Dudesy Pod Show. On Instagram and Twitter, you know, yeah. YouTube and everywhere where you get the podcast and this and that. But what makes ours different is that it is the first ever media property, certainly the first ever podcast that's uh, run by an AI. Uh, oh, we wow. Were approached by a group uh, that has this proprietary AI and they're looking to perfect the the the, the medium. And uh, they look for two people who have, who have, not just done a podcast before, but have done a podcast together before. Chad and I have had a podcast together before. Chad has a podcast currently called Game of Roses, which is too much to get into. He <laughs> basically, he breaks down The Bachelor as if it's a sport and he has stats. Oh, I like that's a Game of Thrones, but Game of Roses, it's The Bachelor. Yeah. I got it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's essentially uh, peeling back the the uh, the wool uh, on what that what that franchise is and how there's a lot of kayfabe, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and it, this, uh, this, this, again, this proprietary AI was also looking for two people who were friends in real life. <laughs> I had no solid intentions of doing a podcast again, but yeah, here we are with dudes. It's very weird. Check it out. There's actually a lot of wrestling stuff in I it. I was going to say that you guys do talk about wrestling quite a bit. Every time I see the clips, I'm like, oh, there's wrestling clips. I'm always getting encouraged to share them. Well, I'm constantly, yeah, I'm constantly just shoving it down Chad's throat and everybody yeah. else. And it's just like, to me, because I can't stop doing like, you know, wrestling impersonations or <laughs> make, make talking about how, uh, you know, there's a, well, oh, there's, there's a kayfabe element to Bachelor. And then, you know, you'll talk about anything happening in the world. You say, well, there's the... 
here's the kick. Well, you know, you worked yourself into a shoot, brother. You got to work. You know, um, there's a there's a heel and a baby face in every story. There's there's, there's groups, absolutely. there's stables. Yeah. Everybody's working an angle. Whether it's the music industry, everyone's got a character. Like wrestling, kind of seeps into everything if you really think about it. Totally, absolutely. Yeah. And now, <laughs> and the last thing I'll say about Doozy is that it starts. You know, what it does, like any AI, it learns from whomever, whatever it is studying, even if it's itself. And it started doing weird things like, oh, well, you know, uh, news segments are popular in in uh, podcasting. Will, you won't stop doing your Hulk Hogan impersonation. This is Infomania. And it writes the news, you know, oh, let me tell you something happened January 6th. Oh, wow. Dude. And it writes, it's bizarre. And of course, like a podcast that lets us run and do our thing. And then other times it's like based on, because it has all of our passwords to our social media, our purchase histories, search histories, all of our yeah. emails, texts, everything. So it's like, I've That's created, a, I've created <laughs> here's your childhood diary. Uh, please yeah. do it in the voice of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Weird, just weird, weird shit. But uh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I know you've had some interesting podcasts. You guys have the ten minute podcast for a bit, and other mm -hmm. ones. And now we got Dootsy. That's you guys check that out. Make sure you guys check it out. Um, but let's get into the wrestling now, then, really quickly. Let's do it. Let's do the most cliche wrestling podcast question, but I have to ask you: What is your earliest memories of wrestling? Like, what is the first thing you remember? My first thing that I remember is knowing who Mister T was. Right. Okay. So. I'm 47 years old, so this is going to be some like Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling. No, we're, hey, look at the wrestling classic. People didn't know how old I was at the beginning. I was posting stuff from the 50s. We ran with it. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I, I, um, yeah, I was, I was, uh, you know, I would have been like, you know, eight or something, and, uh, uh, you know, I was very keenly aware of Mr. T from watching like the A Team and stuff. Yeah, and then so when Mr. T was in Rocky Three. Uh, when that came out, which was like 83, 84, or whatever that 83, it was yeah. 83. And, uh, of course, you know, Thunderlips was in it. Mm -hmm. And when you see Hulk Hogan for the first time and you're eight years old, you're like, what, what is this? Right. Yeah. It, you know, it scared the shit out of me as a kid. Uh, cause I got work, dude. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, oh, he's beating up, uh, Rocky Balboa and stuff. And then you see him on, you know, on the music videos and stuff and doing this and that with Captain Lou and, and uh, all of a sudden Mr. T is, is uh, involved in wrestling. And that's pretty much when I became conscious of it, the whole, that whole year leading up to WrestleMania, the first WrestleMania yeah. was just, you couldn't hide from it. Even in the tedium of the Western Canadian suburbs where you and I are both from, yeah, um, it reached, you know, it, it reached everywhere. So that was it. And I was, immediately hooked um, were you just at that time obviously you're a kid but was wwf the main source where you didn't catch any of the rick flair nwa stuff or was it just the wwf it was wwf and then there was of course stampede wrestling if you found yeah. it on saturdays uh there was um there was a local there was a bc out of british columbia oh. that was all-star wrestling yeah um because once i got into wwf i wanted to see it all the only place at you know, at that time, as a kid in Canada, you know, the NWA and what became the WCW didn't reach up there. So the, there was one video store in town. Uh, I grew up in Ladner, not far yes. from South Surrey, where you are. And there was one video store that had, you know, 
the some VHS tapes of like you know Starcade '83, oh, and, wow. and or you'd go into there was one corner store that had that carried Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Yeah. So if you were reading about you know Hulk Hogan, these new heroes that that you know landed hard, as I say, in my life, you also were reading about who's this? Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, Magnum TA, the Four Horsemen, yeah. and and uh, yeah, but it was. As you'd notice on, on, I always say this, like I'm, you read Pro Wrestling Illustrated and you're like, you don't understand that it's real blood and all that shit yet. And you're just like, no. what is this? Who's Kevin Sullivan? He's <laughs> he's definitely satanic. And, or you'd see like Ric Flair or Dusty Rhodes just uh, with the cr crimson mask, as they say, in black and white. And you're like, this is fucking gnarly. So it, it wasn't, of course, it was a very different product than WWE. Uh but it was, uh, yeah, it took a while for me to be able to catch up with it. You know, you, you, you had to get into the videos. And then it, it wasn't, it was, it really wasn't until like the early 90s. Yeah. That it was on like TV readily. I, yeah, I think I feel that because that's when I was born. I think I remember WCW coming in around like 94, 95 in a weird way. But um, that being said, because now I feel like it's weird for like me to say it, and definitely gonna be weird for you to say it, but. I see with the younger generation now, it's getting to a point where they start looking at the 80s wrestling as old wrestling. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like it's that long ago, but I don't like, can you like, because we've had Cena now, we've had Austin, we've had all this. I don't think people really understand the impact that Hulk Hogan really had during that time and how many people yeah. got into wrestling. Yeah. Like, well, I, I, like my, I have an older brother who's 40, and that's how I got into wrestling because he's 10 years older than me, but. He was a big Hulkamaniac, so I had all the VHS tapes, the magazine, the LGN figures. Like, but I'm like, why? He's like Hogan. I was, I saw Hogan, and that was it. Yeah, you saw Hogan, and you were in no. Hogan. That was my brother. I, I didn't see Hogan, and that was it. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It's like, it's like, you know, now. Yeah, it's funny. I was just, I'm, I'm super. I'm of course really interested in what's going on with uh, Vince McMahon on right camera. Now. The fact that he's just like, yeah, you know, here I am, cutting a fucking promo. Did you, did you see him jump yesterday off the stairs? I know you know he jumped off the stairs. You see the memes on my page, right? I saw those memes. Those are fucking hilarious. <laughs> Repelling down next to Sting. That's awesome. He's, just, he's coming out on every show, and he's so jolly. Everyone's like, at this point, we wouldn't be shocked if he walked out on Dynamite just to be like, hi, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they just let him. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it's like, it's funny during the whatever I can't remember if it was on Friday or Monday, but he goes, he goes, you know, oh yeah, it was Monday. He's like, yeah, well, uh, John Cena, and he says the greatest WWE superstar and twenty years, which is absolutely what I mean. He's been around now for close to twenty years. Two thousand two uh, when he came in, so that's why he said that. Yeah, yeah, or twenty years now, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. It's crazy because we don't think of it like that. Yeah. So like, when you think of the eighties, I'm like, I don't think it's that long ago. And I wasn't even born in the eighties, but I still don't think it was that long ago. Well, I like, well also, now I understand why the kids don't get the Hogan thing because it really was a long time ago. Right. But if you <laughs> yeah. look at if you look at who's been more prolific and who's been around longer, it's been Cena for yeah. sure. Like, you know, uh Hogan was essentially out of the WWE by like what 91, 92 or yeah, something. 93 was officially he was out. Yeah. So, you know, there's a solid 10 years, but uh you, if you're my age, you can't. It's not even a competition. Like it's just like it's like Hulk Hogan. To me, Hulk Hogan was Superman. Yeah. So I get it. You see the little kids with the wristbands and the hustle, loyalty, and respect <laughs> towels and shit. It's like, yeah, 
Cena <laughs> is their Superman. Yeah. So you gotta kind of go as far as that you know sports entertainment Mount Rushmore. It's like just being an older guy. I'm like Cena. What the fuck? But then you're like, no, he's he's Big Match John, as they Trust say. Me, it's a hard pill for me to swallow. I, I I lived through the Cena era as a teenager, and I wasn't about it. But I'm like, I get it. Like from a, from the a standpoint, like he is one of the greatest of all time. But I'm like, it's and I always think it's like most wrestling fans. Or we do live off of nostalgia, like I mentioned before, and our generation that we grew up with is always the most like perfect generation to us, you know. Right. I have kids that come up to me now and be like, "Man, I miss like 2007, 2008." And in my head, I'm like, "This year sucked," but like yeah. that's, what that's just what they're nostalgic to, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's uh, it's like for me, obviously, like I my first memories were like 90s. Like I had the tapes of the oldest stuff, so I did grow up on the oldest stuff. But like my first memories was like Purple Glove, Undertaker, Bret Hart. Flip the right. channel, then it's Savage and Hogan on WCW, Lex Luger and Sting. Like, I was right at that peak of right when the Attitude Era was about to kick off, and that's when I started watching as a kid. So I'm like, Stone Cold, The Rock, Triple H, Sting. Like, those are my yeah. guys, weird, ripping off his clothes. I'm like, that's yeah. the stuff I remember. But uh, I, I just, I just, I think fans don't really, um, nowadays, like, it's like, it's almost how we might have thought of like, how the older people might have looked at us and be like, oh, these guys are all about Hulk Hogan, but they don't know about Bruno San Martino and how many Absolutely. times he sold out the Madison Square Garden. Yeah. You know? It's, like, it's yeah. the same thing. Outside of Hogan, who else really caught your eye? Well, at that age, you know, when I first got into it, man, I mean, oh, let me let me think. Like, there were so many. I mean, there's who was who you were programmed to like because I had all the LGN figures and all yeah. that stuff. Um, so you're of course like I love the Bulldogs. Yeah, like I loved the Bulldogs as a kid. Um I really once Macho Man came in, like I hated him, but yeah. I loved him. Yeah. Roddy Piper, same yeah. thing. Like I loved him so much and hated him at the same time and couldn't figure it out. Uh didn't know what that was, like that 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 I mean, and that's why I think it works on kids and as you get older and you appreciate it, you realize, well, they're, they're, they're not just actors. They're doing something extremely specific that it, it takes only the, like really, really only the great ones are doing it in a way that's transcendent. And certainly Roddy Piper's that kind of guy. Um, yeah. And then I was like down with the, I mean, I loved every baby face. Everyone loved Ricky Steamboat. Yeah. Like when when uh, Macho Man crushed his larynx before <laughs> WrestleMania three, yeah. you know, we were all we all thought it was real back then. I'm 12 years old. Yeah. You know, and and the lead up like the lead up to WrestleMania three, I, I can remember it like it's yesterday. And so, you know, that whole thing and Andre turning heel and uh, just all of it. I loved Bobby Heenan and hated him at the same time. The best. The yeah. best. I don't think I go back now and I listen to Heenan and I'm like. Man, I wish we could have someone like him again. Like just the wittiness and the comments. Like I, someone asked me the other day, like what is one of your favorite commentator calls? And obviously everyone was saying like Jim Ross stuff and etc. I'm like, honestly, the one that I always love is when um, Shawn Michaels turned on Janetti and he threw him through the barbershop window. And then Bobby Nance said, oh my God, look, he tried to escape through the window. <laughs> <laughs> and then Monson was like, why you stop? Shut up. Yeah, he tried to escape. <laughs> what? I mean... Like that guy deserved a string of Emmys. If you ask. yeah, when you talk about being an actor, nobody funnier. Yeah, I remember his call during the uh, the best Royal Rumble ever. Most people say 1992. 
yeah. one where Ric Flair runs the runs the gamut, goes the distance. Bobby Heenan's screaming at the top of his lungs, just going off the whole time. And at one time, he's like, oh, I need a drink. Hey, stupid, get me a drink. Like, I'll never forget. Like, for me and my pals, it was like, hey, stupid, get me a drink. Yeah. Two years. But that doesn't, that's, that's the thing. One of the reasons why I think a lot of people say that's one of the greatest Royal Rumbles, too, is because the commentating team on that was on top of it as well, and that adds to it. And yeah. We don't need to get into the nitty gritty. We could talk about that for another hour. How wrestling has changed right. and how it's overly produced and all that. But the authenticity of it back then, and the fact that they could go off the cuff and just say what they wanted to say yeah. and call it as they were, knowing what the character stuff was. There's a beauty to that. Um, yeah, and it was well, you great. watch, you watch, you watch. Like, it's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over forty and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain. You don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. You know, you watch... Once you get older and you start to, you know, as an adult, you know, you appreciate it for a bunch of different reasons. You, you know, when you're a kid, it's like, well, that's Dusty Rhodes and he's angry yeah. because they, they attacked him, you know. Uh, so he's mad at the Four Horsemen, of course. And then they, you know, they ambushed him out that outside that bar or whatever. Yeah, they broke his arm. They broke <laughs> yeah. his, they broke his arm. Yeah. And, but now you watch Dusty and you go like, oh, well, he's like one of the absolute godfathers of the promo, and you just see like how he makes it all real and how he has, of course, the gift for Gab and, and so do both of his sons. And it's like, it's just, it's like, it's such a specific talent. It's like, I always say, you know, I was doing this thing and we're just doing a little bit and, uh, and, um, and it was, you know, and I was just, I was doing this thing and whatever. And then we shot this little quick thing and with Stone Cold. Right. And he goes, yeah. And, and he just nails it. And it's just like, it's just like second nature to him or whatever. So I'm, I'm heading home and I'm talking to a buddy of mine who's a, you know, who, who's a, a big, you know, wrestling fan and, and wrestling nerd and, you know, used to work with the WWE and all this stuff and was a, you know, was a writer and shit. Yeah. And uh, he doesn't like to call it that, but you know, he's one of those guys. Yeah. And so I'm talking to him and I go, and I go, Oh yeah, I was just doing this thing and fucking Steve Austin, Jesus. Like he just, he, he nails it and he nails it the first time. And it's just that, and he goes, my buddy goes, he's done more TV than you. And you go, wait a minute. Like I've been working for 30 years. It's like, and at this point, whatever, 20 years, I'm like, yeah, he's done hundreds of hours of TV. Yeah. When you, when you see, you know, the, the, these guys that get in the ring in front of all those people and can just roll 
And also it's such a sensory overload. Just having done a little bit of goofy stuff, like yeah. cross promoting mad TV and doing some promotions for like, I did one with a film where we ended up there and doing stuff like I've, I've actually been in the ring doing the thing. And you're like, you know, you're talking or whatever. Yeah. First of all, they want you the fuck out of there. They're like, <laughs> and I agree. I'm, I hated that period where it was like, they had a celebrity guest. Every week. I'm like, so fuck 2009, this. they had the celebrity guest host. You guys came in for the three stooges. That's right. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, we got booed <laughs> yeah. out of the building. Like, not, that was not heat. You know, we didn't yeah. deserve, we're, they, the wrestling fans were like, yo, fuck you. Like, not, yeah. this isn't part of our fun thing. We don't get out of here. And I get it. Like, I was telling the guys, like, my, my pals, Chris and Sean in the film, I was like, we're going to go down the aisle and we're going to do this stuff and you're going to hear some shit on your way down that is going to be pretty gnarly. And we did. And I, and I, like I said, I've been fortunate enough to have uh, done some, done some of this stuff and you're, you're walking down and people are just like, of course, they're like, ah, eh, fuck you, Sasso, don't forget your lines and shit, whatever. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, but, but here's what I want to say about that is like, Dude, I've, I've, I having just again, just and I'm not trying to say like I don't know what the fuck it is or, yeah. like or anything. All I'm saying is my mouth went awful dry, and you get tunnel vision out there, and you just hear whoa, 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 whoa. It's just people are screaming and yelling for for professional wrestlers to be able to slow that shit down, just pace themselves through it. Hear something way the fuck in the back. Read the audience. Read the crowd. Know when to stop, know where the, and then all the technical aspects where you're like, which is just like acting, like knowing what, you know, where, knowing where the camera is, is very important in acting, yeah. obviously. And, and what to, and how to, and which line you turn or whatever, all the, all the bullshit, all the shit that doesn't matter. You're watching TV and you're enjoying it. And that's what we like. But, but even though I'm, I have nothing to do with, with that business, it is, there is television there and, and that's what I do. So I, I appreciate. I can appreciate the guys that are so good at it. Yeah. And they're, it's unbelievable. Like you watch now, like a guy that, you know, I, he was, he's been shoved down our throats forever, but you want like Roman Reigns is a 10 out of 10. He's a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And he has been, it's just, it, I would, I'd blame more his creative rather than him himself. It's just, no. like he's been good. Like, and yeah. the way he milks the crowd, and now he oh. knows it. the best thing he did was I don't know what the conversation was or how they came up with it, but when he took that time off, however you convinced them to let him come back as a bad guy was the best thing because that's all we wanted. Decision. That's all we wanted. Yeah, we didn't. We wanted to boo him. Just let us boo him. Then, like, yeah, <laughs> embrace it. But these it these big. guys are these guys are extremely adept. Like you watch a guy yeah. like like Edge, who's also an actor, by the way. Yeah. Like he's gone off, and when he retired, he. He, you know, he had a whole acting career going and it's like, they're, they're not just, uh, you know, they're not just actors, they're athletes. And then they're doing something that is uh, a combination of the two, uh, that is extremely technical that you have to be good at that, that we only read about in books and, 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 you know, and watch in documentaries or listen to podcasts about, and it's yeah. like, it's just so 
you think you've no, you think you know something. You've been watching it for years, but it's like no, they've got this whole thing down to the secret language, you know. So you already answered my other question. I was going to ask you as as an actor, does your perception of wrestling change? And it clearly has from how you see it. But that being said, just even as a wrestling fan, I think the wrestling fans that continue to appreciate it as you get older, because there's always a point where you realize it's like what it is, and you know, you know, people sometimes get turned off by it at that point. But some of us will look at it and be like, oh, this is cooler than I thought it was now. Because now it's like you see what they're doing and you appreciate it differently. And the other part that you didn't bring up, this is also really wild, is for the most part, most of these companies that aren't like independent companies or the live shows, like they're doing this live every week. Like there's a 30-second delay, but they're doing this. So like the moment for air is is high and they still make it through there. And I think that's another thing that's really uh, – a really big deal when it comes to professional wrestling. I think that's why I still like it because I'm like, I appreciate the art behind it at this point because one, yes, there's a lot of athleticism and the stuff you do in the ring and your body's hurting. But then those guys that do go out there and they do have to cut these promos and play this role, like, it's live. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I have so much respect for that. And 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 doing it live, like, okay, so watch Saturday Night Live, which is, you know, a show that's been on for, you know, uh, almost 50 years at this point. And it's like, they're still being forced to read the cards because you don't want to mess it up. And, and some of the absolute greats on that show and some of the great hosts even that have come in and out make you believe that they're not reading cards or, or they have a way of, of selling it that, that makes you enjoy it anyway. I can't imagine being like an hour or two or now three hours of yeah. live TV and then, and then you know, there waiting for yourself to go out there, you show up at like 12 in the afternoon, you have to do this today, like the mental process of it all. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. And then, and then, and then don't mess up because they're always, they're constantly, and this is another thing that makes it, I mean, it's like a lot of businesses, obviously. Yeah. But you're, you are, you're only as good as your, your last gig in acting. You're only as good as your last segment, I would imagine, in wrestling. People are just being let go and fired, and then there's injuries. There's stuff that nobody has to contend with, and the people that can continually do it, it's it's mind-blowing. And live, and take an yeah. audience and wrap them around their finger at the end of all that. It's crazy. Insane. I want to take it back to my first memory of you getting involved in professional wrestling. It was when you were on Mad TV, and you guys did the whole deal with WCW and Bret Hart. How did that all come about? That was uh, all real. Yeah. No, um, so, <laughs> I mean you. You guys made us think it was. At least I was a little dude, kid back then. I thought it was. I we after he, you know, he attacked me on Mad TV. Yeah, and uh, during the sketch, and then we had like a couple interviews lined up that we that the uh, publicity did through the show, like with Access Hollywood. Yeah, and one I don't I can't remember if it was CNN or MSNBC, like this little clip, and I was just like, yeah, I'm gonna sue him, you know, yeah. and they're like. You like know, fuck off, really? Yeah. So, but it started with like, you know, in our little bit, which there was. So there's this writer producer, uh, Canadian from Winnipeg, actually yeah. uh, wrote on the kids in the hall and all that. Brian Hart, and he was a co-executive producer at Mad TV. He was the he was the first head writer on the show, and he's a big wrestling fan. Yeah. So we had Brett Hart come in in like '97. Uh, it was actually right before the Screw Job. And, and we did a sketch with him. And at the end of the second take, because we went live to tape on Mad TV, uh, Brian goes, oh, go back in. Like, he says to Bret Hart, 
go back. Let's let's have you go back. It was it was all about this family bullying their son, and he yeah. becomes friends with Bret Hart. So now the family can't bully the son anymore. So at the end of the the the, the bit, you know, Brett leaves, and then we go back to like Raz and the son. Well, Brett comes back in the door, and this is the take they used: was he comes in, he starts messing around with me. Well, I like a dumb shit. I I'm a you know I'm a I'm like I'm bigger than I am now at this point. Yeah. I'm like a 400 pound you know 20 something. Anyway, so I pick him up on my shoulder. Yeah. And I spin him around a bit, which Brett didn't have a problem with yeah. because I'm a big looking guy and stuff. And he's also just a, a nice guy. And we're not we're not in his world at this point. Maybe yeah. it pissed him off. I don't know. But we came <laughs> up with this idea to have him come back the next year and be pissed at me. Yeah. So anyway, you know, so here's the thing. I'll tell I mean, people, I don't know how many times I've said this. I don't know that I've actually even really said it out loud, but. I know it's been said, but only a handful of people knew that that was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, when he attacked, so he attacked me on Mad TV, yeah. and um, only a handful of people knew that that was going to happen. It was mostly just the actors in the sketch and a couple of uh, stunt performers who were uh, dressed up as like uh, you know set PAs and ADs, like with headsets and stuff. And and other people, it was not a good idea in some ways, you know, because people yeah. were really like, "What the fuck?" And <laughs> and he he, uh, we had an alligator pad, like a stunt pad, on my knee, so he could just wail off on my knee, and yeah. then put me in the sharpshooter. But the first thing he was going to do was hit me in the back. And I'm in the sketch. I'm playing uh, the governor Jesse Ventura, and it's like, you know, here's my new minister of defense, <laughs> Brett yeah. Hart, you know. So that's the bit. Brett comes out and he's cutting a promo on this on the press and this whole thing. So anyway, in the sketch, he gets a little he gets a little rowdy with some of the cast. He hits me in the back with a chair in the sketch. And he goes, before we go out there, he's like, So, you know, how long you want me to pull back on the, you know, on the chair shot? Or and we're, you know, I'm delighted to say that uh, Brett Hart and I are pals at this point. And I go, yeah. I go, no, nah, just you know, go for it, Brett. I go, ah, it's just chair. You can't hurt me, right? Because I want it to look good. Yeah, yeah. I'm when I'm telling it's you, a childhood dream for you, childhood <laughs> dream. And he, dude, there were raised welts on my back for like yeah. a fucking week, like oh, like wow. like scabbed, raised. He hit me so fucking hard with that chair, and it wasn't even a metal chair. It was one of those yeah. metal framed plastic chairs. You know? Yeah, that's what we had. So. He hit me with that so fucking hard, but just right in the meaty areas. You know, Brett's never yeah. hurt anybody, but I did ask for it. And uh, and then we went on with this, you know, the storyline, right? But what I want to tell you that's fucking crazy was the afternoon. We did it in Tampa. Yeah. So it was a Monday Nitro, and we go out there, and he goes, uh, and he goes, well, let's go down to the ring and, you know, feel it out and stuff. And the first thing he does to me is he takes me just as a Russian leg sweep. And yeah. I just go bang, and I'm like, "Oh, that's fucking fun." Okay, cool. Like, you know, like the the, the surface is a is a surface. Yeah, it's 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 hard and shit. There's a little bit of give, obviously, but um, uh, the ring, right? So then he goes, he goes, "Well, you know, you you know, you fucking horse around and do physical comedy, and you played football. You you get it. You watched this." I go, "Uh, no, I don't, Brett. <laughs> I don't get it." Yeah. But the reason he's saying that is because he's the excellence of execution and he could have a match with a sack of potatoes. He really could, yeah. Yeah, and that's what he did that night because he was like, 
for me, it was no offense, of course. It was just the whole point was there's this whole match, and then Bret Hart is, like, looking at this, like, what the fuck is this? And Brian Hart and I, you know, our executive producer, were like, we hated when you see, like, Jay Leno put Hulk Hogan in a headlock. Mm -hmm. you know, fuck that. If you respect this art form, this should be a joke. Yeah. And Brett was happy to hear that. He's like, yeah, that's funny, you know. So he gets in there, and he's just, like, looking at the crowd, looking at the ref, like, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I'm like, oh. And then he just he just kind of slaps me around and fucking beats the shit out of me and, like, just goes off. Like, we go for, like, the test of strength, and he just kicks me in the schnutz and then goes off the rope and clothesline, and that should be it. And yeah. that was it. Like, yeah. you know, me, I'm like, Ugh. And then he goes, don't move. I will move you whenever I want to do something. And I can't wait to sell the shit out of whatever because yeah. I love doing physical comedy and stuff. So that's the the one parallel where it's like, please throw me around, whatever. And we do this fucking thing. And he, again, he picks me up. He does this. I fall, fatty falls down. And then at the end of it, he just throws me in the sharpshooter. So then afterwards, I'm walking out of there and I'm like, I'm fine. Like nothing. He's stomping me in a corner and his, his boot was, it's like coming in so fast and then it stops. Yeah. Like he's, it's, it, 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 it's, I feel like it was like being in a dream. And yeah. it's like, I got to experience just how, just what makes him, in my opinion, the best. He was already my favorite, you know, in ring performer, however you yeah. want to say it. I love Bret Hart. I think he's the fucking greatest. I watch his matches now. You watch a, a Bret Owen match, you watch Bret David Boy, Bret Mr. They, Perfect. Age like wine. His matches age like wine. They get better. The they're better. Yeah. You, when you watch them now, you're like, these are like I watch the wrestling now on TV, and sometimes I gotta watch matches like twice just to digest it all. And then I go watch a Brett match. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Like, you know, like this it's, is it's all of it. It's all of it. Yeah. He, and he also came along at that time. And you look at, of course, his pedigree and his family and how he's gonna learn and and having stampede wrestling and and the just the you know those guys that came in the, there were guys wrestling in the 1960s that were wrestling Brett in the 80s, and uh, so there you know so it's like for me it was like this bizarre like VR yeah game where I'm like this is fucking this is insane and I'm not hurt at all. I'll tell you one thing that was funny was uh, Brian Hart goes hey can you give can you do the quick leg drop on Will it's my only request <laughs> yeah and he goes yeah so he goes. But he goes, remember, don't move. Like, when I knock you down, I'll pick you up. And yeah. I go, okay. So at some point, I'm laying there on my back, and the whole moment slows down. I'm looking up at the lights going, wow, this is fucking crazy. This so wow. Yeah. And I forget what he said. Now, this moment was two or three seconds. But in my head, it was forever. <laughs> yeah. And then I start to roll over. So now I'm on my side because I'm on my shoulder. And he could have broken my neck. He's already in the air. And this is where you realize, like, how Brett is – He's like the Barishnikov, uh, you know, of uh, that's a ballet dancer kid. Yeah. <laughs> and so he he bends. He goes from doing this to doing this. So he, my head goes in a pocket, even like a fucking just again, a sack of potatoes, just a big comedic actor does like some physical comedy. It was it was unbelievable. He's like, he's unbelievable. Yeah. 
It was crazy. Man, that's insane. Yeah, you know, the funniest was, um, and also as a Canadian kid, like Brett was a Canadian hero. And that's yeah. one of the highlights and spotlights of his WCW career. He has a few of them, and that was one of them. I remember the feud with Will Sasso, like as a kid. Come on, that's something that's something Brett did in WCW. There's the there's a thing with Goldberg with the metal thing. There was the Will Sasso thing. There's only a few <laughs> things. There's a few <laughs> things Brett did in WCW. And I know that he didn't do a lot because when I had Eric Bischoff on the show. And Bishop was like, oh, Brett thought he was some sort of Canadian hero. And I'm like, he was. He's like, you're Canadian? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. dude, that's the other thing, though. It's like yeah. when I when Brett went to WCW, I was like, okay, fucking yeah. all right. Like, okay. Because my thing was I was watching when, you know, I stopped watching wrestling around 93. Like, yeah. like. Like right when like, you know, uh, Brett loses to Yokozuna and then Hogan gets in there and wins it. The Hogan return, like, yeah. Yeah, I was like, all right. I kind of started losing losing it for it, but then in like ninety six, ninety seven, I I hear that. Well, I knew that Hulk came back and I in WCW before that, and I just kind of wasn't interested because brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Then I think it's it speaks to the genius of, you know, Bischoff and and of course uh, Vince, you know, doing Monday Night Raw and then you know Bischoff pushing to do WC, uh, you know, Monday Nitro. That's where you wanted to see these guys. And once I realized that, what you can watch Macho Man and Flair and Roddy Piper and Hulk Hogan on wait the the Outsiders are like or, or who became the Outsiders like yeah. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and Diesel and Razor over there. So then I started watching that and I was way into that. And I didn't know who the fuck, you know, I wasn't watching uh, as much WWF and, you know, like, yeah, Stone Cold and Rocky Maivia. Okay. But then you start, you give that a shot and you're like, oh, this is, this is like, put this straight into my veins. This is <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. That was a crazy era. So then I was all the way back in, but, but like a lot of people who tuned in during, during the Monday Night Wars, I was like, I loved them both for different reasons. Yeah. So I was really excited to see Brett go into the WCW. And, and it's not just my opinion. They wasted him. They didn't do shit they to didn't. where 
Yeah, to where really you remember it. a six-minute segment with, you know, some fucking crack-up from late-night yeah. television. Yeah. Uh, and it should, you know, he should have been... done way more. There's, um, there's, honestly, there's only a few moments. Like I said, there's the Goldberg thing, there's the feud with you from Mad TV and everything, and then there was... He won the belt a couple of times, but there, there should have been more Brett moments. Who he was when he was leaving the WWF as, like, the top, top guy... Yeah. Yeah. What he was over there, where like Hogan wouldn't even work with him, and they couldn't do a proper pro. It was just yeah, no. Yeah. How do you feel about Hogan going bad? Was that like woe to you? I was, I was so into that. I love <laughs> Hollywood Hogan. I should have worn. I have an NWO shirt. Yeah. Should have worn it. I'll be right back. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, uh, no, I was so into that. I was so. Yeah. Into that. I mean, look, you know, it's so funny. It's like I. You know, there's so many opinions out there from wrestling fans, obviously, about, yeah. you know, Hulk Hogan. And you talk about you know, And also, it's like, you know, there's wrestling fans, obviously, who are like, no, 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 I'm kayfabe only. I don't give a fuck what Terry Bollea does. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I feel like I'm a mixture of of of, of uh, both. I'd say the same. You. I'd say the like, same. Yeah. I just, like, I'm like, I, I get it, and I'm, I'm with you all, but at the same time, I'm like, I... The nostalgia part of me is like I that era, like you know. Well, it's it's <laughs> it's like anybody who you know you you uh, separating the art from the artist is is yeah. a thing. That's a real thing. Yeah. So it, it's like, and then you you are you know the the uh, the attitude era happens. You know the the forming of the NWO. You got guys like Hall and Nash who 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 were kind of and the click. You know, kind of. Uh, letting you peek behind the curtain and, and see what was up. Of course, you know, this has turned into what it is with, with people who are now, you know, following, look what you do. I mean, you follow the sport and you all, the, yeah. the sport, you follow the art form and you also follow what's going on just like you would with baseball, with football, with basketball, just like you would with, your favorite TV show or movie. Oh, they got rid of so-and-so who's playing Batman or whatever. Yeah. So that's what entertainment is now. Cause that's what media has become. And the internet has changed everything and that's what it is. And, and that's totally cool. But if you can hang on to Hulk Hogan is still Hulk Hogan, you're going to enjoy yourself watching it. But yeah. knowing, hearing the stories and hearing how like, you know, and again, I'm just a wrestling nerd, but, but yeah. so I'm talking out of turn, but, <laughs> when you hear about the quote-unquote politics that might have kept, you know, someone like Brett from from getting to the very top in a in a meaningful program right away, that <laughs> it's weird. I'm I'm sure it never bothered him, but as like so, me being a kid when I first got introduced to wrestling, like one thing I got introduced to the '80s wrestling really early on, had the tapes. My brother used to record them on VHS tapes, like rented from the video store two VHS players. Nice. Know, Legal recording stuff, of course. And, yeah, and um, so I had like all these old like things, and for me, like I didn't really gravitate to Hogan right away. I always gravitated to Savage right away. Like every nice. time, I'm a big Macho Man fan. Like that's my guy. And there's always a part of me. I'm like, you know what? Now that I look back, I'm like Savage never got a clean win over Hogan, no matter how many times they faced each other. Interesting. DQ countouts. Sure, he's never pinned Hogan. And then part, as a fan, I'm like. It kind of bothers me. I probably didn't bother Savage knowing what we know about him through documentaries and books and podcasts, right. business, whatever makes money. Right. The business, he came from a wrestling family. Most guys that come from wrestling families are business first, Eagle second. And uh, 
But it's just I'm like, yo, we never beat like in Hogan Neal working with Savage, we're gonna make money, but never let the guy beat him. <laughs> it, it's it's weird when you think about well, how come you know Ric Flair's in the WWE for almost a year, whatever it was, they never faced each other like that WrestleMania where who was one of them was with Savage Sid and the other Flair one was with Savage Hogan, yeah, yeah. So it, it's just it's like that sort of thing when you're a kid when you're when you're of my generation, you see that we come and go, and you're like, "Well, I guess that's what the feud was. I guess he was we really never hated Sid." Talking about feuds, then let me ask you this, because this is another thing that I noticed when I was all this, speaking about Savage and Hogan. Looking back now, 1987, 1988, 1989. Do you obviously Hogan was the guy, Superman, babyface, everybody loved Hogan. Savage wasn't so wrong about Hogan and Elizabeth. Savage what? Savage wasn't so wrong about Hogan and Elizabeth and the lust uh, in his eyes. So. As an adult, you turn around and you go, oh, yeah, I want to let someone be all around my girlfriend and wife like that either. But as a kid, you're like, no, but Hogan's a good guy. Like, he would never. Yeah, he's just, he's, yeah. It, well, now, when you talk about, like, you know, knowing what fans know and through documentaries and all this and that, you're like, wait a minute. Okay, so Elizabeth, who knows what was going on in that relationship? Like, yeah. you know, neither of them are with us anymore. God rest their souls. And, and, but, well, hold on. Elizabeth was over at Hulk Hogan and Linda's <laughs> house. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're going to be a little angry. I mean, it's like the storyline itself. I'm like, you before is like Hogan's right 100%. But you're like, you know, Savage could have been a little paranoid. It makes sense. Have a little bit of trust issues here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as an adult who's been through relationships and had right. you're like, yeah, oh yeah, no, those promos about Hogan grandstanding and hot dogging might make sense yeah. here. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it, it's well, you know, it's interesting. It's kind of like here's what a guy like Randy Savage, who's the you know the the professional of professionals, and it's in his blood, and he's just yeah. the fucking greatest. There's a there's a certain amount of 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 you know, reality that has to be in there, obviously, in order for him to get it to, to go where he's got to go. Room. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, shit, when he's like, you know, like those, those promos before, uh, WrestleMania five. Yeah. And he's like yeah. taking the, 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 you know, the glasses. Oh, I hate you, Hulk Hogan. Like, holy fuck. That's not all cocaine. There is yeah. some, there is some, there's some real, you know, hatred there i guess i mean it looked you know the night that uh we did the thing with brett a couple of buddies of mine flew down from, yeah. from canada they're like we're not missing this right so they're in the front row so then afterwards this it was at the tampa it was like this like at the armory or something it was yeah. like a smaller building so they didn't have um dressing rooms like normal or maybe they did but there was also these I was in like this weird little trailer and there were all these trailers in the, in the parking lot and there was like a horseman fucking bus. It was crazy. <laughs> and at one point, you know, a few of those guys are hanging out out there, you know, Scott Hall, God rest his soul and, and Kevin Nash and Hulk. And so my buddies take a picture with Hulk and then they, and my buddy Jeff goes, Hey, uh, Hulk, you think maybe we could get Macho Man over here to take a picture with like just swinging yeah. for the fences and yeah. Hulk told them like, no, you're going to have to go ask him yourself, you know, like, you know, well, you know, uh, Randy, uh, you know, danced to the beat of his own drummer, dude. Like, <laughs> like, uh, no, I'm not have, I'm not asking Macho Man to come over here. I mean, he seems like such an intense. I didn't go near him. Yeah. You know? 
terrifying. That's a one wrestler. Actually, that's a lie. There's a couple of wrestlers I wish I've met that I've never met. And then God rest us, I won't be able to now. But Savage and Piper are two on that list that I wish I got to meet. But both of them are two that I never got to. Um, the two of my favorites growing up as a kid, you know, um, I was always more a character storyline guy. I love a good wrestling match as, next, as much as the next person. But as long as I'm invested in the character and the stories, I'm going to enjoy the match so much more. Um, yes. And I think that's a little bit what's missing today But because there's a lot of wrestling fans that like the wrestling, and I understand that. But, man, I'm, I'm here for, like, give me a character, give me a story, and then I want to remember that match for the next 10 years and re then rather remember it for the next two, three months and then forget about it because there's a plethora of other good matches that happen every week. So, yeah. <laughs> Savage, Piper. Hogan, Brett, Sean, Austin, all those guys stand out to me the most. You also got to work with Austin. Really good. Yeah. Out there, you dressed like Austin. You <laughs> did the thing. How was that whole experience? That was that was that was insane. So um, that was the peak of the attitude era. They were red hot. Yeah. I'm pretty sure WCW I think was out of business at this point. It was 2000 or 2001. It was like 2002. 2002. Cool. So they were really out of business. WWF was the top of the mountain the peak of the popularity because they wanted that uproar in 2002 was like they're the, the king of the mountain now and you're out there working with Austin now it was it was nuts like he had just done mad tv yeah and um I don't remember where the idea came from I'm I mean I was always pitching stuff like we should go and do this and that <laughs> but I don't know probably Brian Hart again and and some combination of I mean we would have been you know asking them like can we do a little cross promotion but at any rate whoever the, wherever the i mean but also the wwe is great with that stuff they're like yeah come on let's do something yeah. so yeah so that was the idea which is like that's what we're good that's what we're doing you know it's like i'm gonna do the impersonation and shit and um <laughs> here's a good one like so the music hits right and and uh and you know, you're backstage and you're in, you know, you know, like, and you don't, and I'm going to say this, I do not deserve to be, but there I am in gorilla position yeah. and, and the music hits and the fucking noise. Like I saw for a split second, I, I was like, Oh, that's, that's the drug. Okay. I get it. <laughs> the place just goes bananas when they yeah. hear the music and you walk out there and it's all pointing at you, right? Like all of the noise and everything for a second and it took me walking down the ramp for a little bit before people could go away a minute. and but when i first walked out i had another buddy of mine that grew up with. yeah he was a, he was across the ring behind the behind the the table yeah and and he says and he's in the front row and the music hits and i walk out there doing trying to do the bad motherfucker walk <laughs> and he says this guy sitting over here next to him goes oh stone cold looks like shit <laughs> <laughs> Which, which I just fucking love because it's like, yeah, you know, where the fuck are his arms and shoulders? Kind of a bender, did he? Go you know what? The best thing about those impersonation segments when you're there live, though, is because at first glance, if you're far away, it looks enough like the person. You're like, oh, that's probably that split second. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it always works anytime. Or you talk about DX bringing out the fucking little person in the Bret Hart mask yeah. or whatever. Anytime, any when this came out like the rock, and everyone thought it was the rock for the first like 10 seconds. Which, which one, which is this came out as the rock once with the absolutely, and everyone thought it was the rock for like the first minute, and then they're like, Oh, wait a minute, yeah, wait a minute, rock like got six inches shorter, and uh, but uh, yeah, it's it was it was fucking bananas, and then again, you're walking down the ramp, 
And people are like, don't fucking do it. Go back, you fucking piece of shit. Shut yeah. up. Fuck you. Like, they're just letting you have it. And then, like I said, your mouth gets real dry. And you're out there and, and uh, you know, Jericho is 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 pacing you through it so, you know, um, just methodically. Maybe yeah. because he's like, is this going to work? But, like, I'll tell you, I got to tell you this. Before, before I went out there... Uh, the first guy I talked to, like the first guy, I guess he was the, the agent, as they say on the segment, yeah. was Michael Hayes. So he goes, so he just pitches those. So, you know, and then he's going to, and then music hits, you're terrified. Okay, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then, Jer then I talked to Jericho and, and uh, Stone Cold, right? So then they're like, but, and then, you know, and then uh, fucking, and Steve is like, then that music fucking hits and you are like, you're like, what the fuck is going to happen? Thank and then the he's like, Stunner, sell it. That's a fucking shot. That's the end of that. You're not fucking moving. Like, blah, blah, blah. And then Paul Heyman talks to me just because he was hanging out. He goes, yeah. he goes, I'll tell you something Rick Rude taught me. Uh, <laughs> when you're out there and Stone Cold's music hits, Rick Rude, you know, he would always say this. He'd say, pretend there's a pencil up your ass and try to break it with your cheeks. I was like, that's awesome. I'm absolutely doing that. Because, yeah. like, you know, there's no, there's no like uh, acting or whatever that I'm gonna any note I'm taking yeah. over fucking Paul Heyman telling me, Rick Root says pretend you're breaking a pencil in your ass. Thank you, Mr. Heyman. I'm doing that. Then Vince walks in, and and he who has the most presence on the planet, and then he does this. He goes, when Stone Cold's music hits, you're terrified, you're horrified, right? And I'm just like, this is unbelievable yeah this is unbelievable unbelievable so you're out there stone cold's music hits you don't even have to really pretend because he's it's it's he fucking hates you when he's in, <laughs> like he he fucking hates you the crowd is like like kick this motherfucker's ass now the, again if you're guesting on that show you know the wrestling fans are like fuck off so they yeah, it all like celebrities coming through, right? Yeah, and so he's fucking, you know, he does that fucking drive by before he goes to the other fucking turnbuckle, and you're just like, <laughs> and then uh, you know, I know what's gonna happen, and in the afternoon we went out there and he does the stunner, and I just he goes just down to the knees and over to the side because he's imagining yeah. a horrible cell or whatever, and the whole time I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do that, but I what I really want to do is try to go back as far as I can so that I land and like try to do yeah. something like, cause you know, when the, the, when people really sell the shit out of it, like the rock or whatever. So if you see it, I like go down and then I like, I fling my, whole, I shouldn't be talking out of turn like this, but I fling my whole body backwards into yeah. the ropes and shit. And uh, he was pleased with it. Anyway, he was oh, happy. That's that. good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. He was happy. And then uh, he's pouring beer on me. And then uh, I'm like kind of moving a bit. And one of the refs comes over. He's like, don't fucking move. I'm like, oh. And he's like, we're still, it's not a commercial yet. I'm like, oh, right, right. <laughs> but, you know, it's not like it, it, it's, you know, and then and look, I'll just, let me just quickly say, then we did a thing with Stone Cold, with uh, the Three Stooges, and Kane gives me a choke slam. okay? Yeah. That fucking hurt. Like, I was, I was knocked silly for like a half a second. You know, when you're like, Oh, where am I? Holy shit. Yeah. It stung. And he got me all the way up. Bang. And it's like to do 
what you did, what I, what Bret Hart did with me, again, flinging around a sack of potatoes or wet cement or whatever you want to say, that's unbelievable. And then that Stone Cold can do his signature move on just about anybody and wow. sells it. And then you've got Kane, you know, who's a, a giant and built like a brick shit house. And you're like, do I need to jump? Or and he's like, no, I got it. And he's taking my huge ass and just like grabbed you by the belt. It is, it is pretty cool looking back though. You got to work with like three of the biggest names in the wrestling industry that a lot of people know. Like like three of the biggest, like Kane and, and Austin. Like I, I couldn't believe like I remember the three Stooges thing vividly because um you know, our team and, and uh, the people uh, behind the movie and stuff are like, well, we're going to, you know, we've got this opportunity. And Will, what do you think? We get on a conference call and you talk to the to the powers that be over there at WWE. And I'm like, okay, so here's what I was thinking, right? <laughs> and it's like the, the, the Stooges finally get out there and Curly comes out last and he's doing this Hulk Hogan thing. And then Kane comes out and they're like, yeah, okay, we can do that. And you're like, what? Like, what the fuck? Like, it's unbelievable. And then I got to tell you this. We're backstage. I'm sorry. I'm running off the mouth. No, keep going. Keep going. This is great. I'm enjoying I, it. Look, we, we're backstage, and, you know, we go out there in the afternoon, and we go through the bit, and there's Glenn Jacobs. And he's, yeah. you know, and he's the nicest guy, if you've ever heard anything about just the sweetest. I mean, now nicest. we get to see him as the mirror, and we see the nice side of Glenn a lot. So, Well, if you, you – know, politics aside, yes, nice guy. Yeah. So uh, – <laughs> But uh, uh, that's neither here nor there at this point. But he's, you know, there he is. He's just, you know, just massive. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And he's like sitting there with his arms all like, yeah, okay. And and um, uh, Hunter, Paul Levesque is there going through the, 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 the bit and blah, blah, blah. And then we go backstage and we, we, you know, we start getting into our Three Stooges stuff. And then uh, I, there was a point, there was a part of the, the whole bit that I wanted to run over again with camera. I was like, like, oh, we really got to do like the, this and the Hulk up and, you know, just the part and then Kane doing the head tilt. So it's like, oh yeah, yeah. We didn't really go through that, but it was something that 
yeah, we should do, we should talk about that. And I was like, can I go and talk to Kane? And they're like, no, 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 he'll, he'll come over to where you guys are. So we're in this little room, right? And now Kane walks in the mask, yeah. the, the red and black, the fucking, the, the, you know, the hair, which at that point was a piece. And, um, and I just remember, you know, Sean Hayes and Christy Amantopoulos just going like, who the fuck is, who, what the fuck is this? Cause the last time they saw Glenn Jacobs, he was in a gray t-shirt, you know, yeah. just stand there going, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, yeah, then think, okay. And then I'll hit the head tilt and then, you know, and then I come in for the, the chokes line and the guys are just looking at him like, what the fuck? And then he goes, he realizes, he goes, guys, it's me, Glenn. And they're like, <laughs> oh, 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 okay. Cause they don't know fucking. Yeah. And I was like, oh fuck. Yeah. I should have told you this is, <laughs> This is Kane. This is the this big scary guy. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious. He's like, guys, it's me, Glenn. <laughs> and just him saying that in that outfit. Is funny. In that it's outfit. Just like, I mean, they're like, what the fuck? And they're like, you watch this shit all the time. I'm like, this is the greatest. <laughs> and then we're in the airport the next day. And uh, I just remember Chris Steven Topless says, he goes, he goes, that Kane, that Glenn, what a nice guy. He's like a, he's like a he's like a humble farmer. Hi, I'm Kane. How are the apples? You know, like he's like the sweetest the sweetest man, and you know, fucking bang. Anyway, they're all it's you know here are these guys that the the business is is violence the 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 or the 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 package the show you know what this is is controlled violence and of course there it takes all kinds of vegetables and there's been all sorts of guys who are literally violent and then all, uh, all sorts of people who are, who are not or whatever and everything in between and blah, blah, blah. It's a bunch of people, right? It's people, but it's, I've always been really blown away by how kind professional, like super sweet and incredible with kids. Like I've never seen, I've never seen people handle children yeah. in a, in a kinder and better way than, than wrestlers. Anytime I've been around, like they, they just they go right into, hey, how are you? Blah blah blah, and, and it's, you know, it's it's really it's really it's really something. What what's what they're called upon to do, you know, and and uh, the the way they are with with people with, with anyway, they're fucking. It's it's a it's a bizarre thing. Thank goodness I'll never do any of that again. Why not? Maybe we'll have one more one more in you, dude. I'm I am I'm seventy one years old, and uh, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I would go. Hey, hey do you not hear that? Rick, did you not hear that Ric Flair is coming out of retirement for Nashville for one more match? That's right, July thirty first. I, 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 like. I'm not trying to. Whatever. I talked about the things that we did, you know, on TV. Yeah. But I know you, 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 you're. Uh, are you gonna go? I'm gonna. I'm planning to go. I hope so. I'm. I'm think. I might see you there. I. I don't know if I can make it or not. Yeah. Uh, there's one work thing I'm waiting on, but if I'm not doing it, I can't. I can't miss that. Rick Flair's one last match. A Dude, 73, 74 years old or something. It's fucking crazy. I'm watching Maybe online with him, you know, training with Jay Lethal. Yeah, it's fucking insane. It's like I said something to Charlotte, his daughter. I said something to Charlotte one day. I just made a joke of like, "So your dad in the ring?" And she just laughed. She didn't even give me no answer. She just sent me a, a text back going, "Ha ha ha." And I'm like, "Okay." It's. <laughs> It's, uh, you know, I don't know. You know, it's funny. Here's a guy who breaks his back in the 1970s and yeah. then 
and then we're such wrestling nerds and i'm sure everybody yeah everyone knows this most likely is yeah yeah so you know he takes the the backdrop or the fucking slam off the top rope on his hip always and, for years and now i'm watching like on instagram and he's training with jay lethal it's a 73 year old man you gotta watch your fucking hip and this guy's still taking it on the hip yeah and then he's going like oh god oh god and i'm buying it like you know, he's just in a fucking you know wherever almost, in some gym. He almost died. Let what 2017. Let alone right. just a few years ago, he was like on his like nearly on his deathbed. You know, it's like I you know I don't know I I logically <laughs> there's nothing about me that is saying do it. Like no, I no no for sure. It's a I just horrible idea. I feel like he knows that. enough to know how to do it. I hope. I'm like, if you've done it for so long, you know enough to how to do it. To yeah, if anyone, if yeah. anyone can do it and put on a good match and then, you know, do all the dirtiest player in the game shit and, and uh, you know, I mean, hopefully two minutes of that match is spent in a fucking figure four leg lock that turns over or yeah. what, whatever. Like, he, he, if he just does the, the things that we all love, it's going to be incredible. But to yeah. see him take a slam off the top rope, it's like, I guess he can do that too. I don't know. And it won't be his last fucking match if it goes well. It's, we know, everyone knows that. Doesn't need to be a long answer, but just really quickly, have you checked out AEW? Are you a fan? Love it. Okay. I it's love it. It's a good it. right? What it's a good alternative. I, I, like, I like, I grew up with the privilege of having both WWE and WCW when I was a kid. And then for a time, I used TNA as my alternative for a bit there to like, I want to say like 2011-ish. I felt a void for a bit, and I feel like AEW fills that void. As, they're never going to be the direct competition at WWE. That's never, I don't think that's ever going to happen again, considering that WWE is like Disney. and might be owned by Disney one day soon. But, uh, but AEW gives you that something different. Like it's still big enough, and it gives you something different. And Because WWE is very, they have their formula, and they know what it is, and this gives you a little bit of that. It's not WWE, and I can enjoy it. And there's people there that I know and like. And I'm not. And, and I'm the same with both companies. I like WWE sometimes. I don't like WWE sometimes. I like AEW sometimes. I don't like sometimes. But I enjoy both. So I agree. Yeah. No, I'm digging. I'm digging AEW for sure. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Next question, really quick. Um, you're Bobby Heenan. You had your own Heenan family. They're taking a team in to survive a series. Any generation, any era. Who your Who's your team of five? Wait, any generation, any era? Any era, yeah. You pick your five guys. I'm I'm Bobby Heenan. I'm putting together my five. Yeah. Uh, do they all have to be from the same era like this happened? No, no, no. It's your five. Who's your five? WWE. Doesn't matter. Your five. My five? <laughs> yeah. Shit. Well, here's the thing. I don't want to just say, yeah. you know, Rock, Hulk, Stone Cold. Well, that's the easy Undertaker. one. That's, yeah. 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 No, I want to put together. You got to put a team together. Yeah, yeah. you want to put someone like people that you think like a, yeah, you got to yeah, 100%. Okay. Okay. I'm going to shit. Shit. Now, this is a very good question. My Survivor <laughs> Series 5. Cuz you don't want that fucked out, you know, ugh, demolition and ultimate warrior and here's fucking, you know, Andre Adonis, Terry Von Eric and <laughs> yeah. who else? barbarian uh you know no i want okay 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 this is a really good question this is a really good question i'm taking okay first of all 
I got to make my choice between, you know, whether you're going to have, because this is, this is a team that would be fluid, that would work well together. Uh, So I'm going to go, I'm going to go sort of, um, you know, you got to go, you got to decide, see, this is a long stupid, I'm making this very unentertaining because I'm taking it seriously. I'm taking it very seriously. Because strategically, you're trying to build a team that has a little bit of everything. Um, this is what happens when you have long hair. It starts coming all over the place. <laughs> but would, that gives you a little bit of everything. So you want speed. You want power. Yeah. You want some agility. Look, we're we're wrestling nerds. So I'm not yeah. – I'm not. I'm, so I hope that your audience checking this out is like – can appreciate the fact that I'm really trying to do this because I really am. I'm going to go – God dang. I'm going to go – See, I'm just thinking about the captain, and then from there it'll be okay. You work your way down, yeah. Well, who's leading think, the team? Who's your well, main keep, guy? I'm thinking between Piper and Hart, right? Okay. So, because I want someone to be the 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 sort of the the this is the embodiment of the team. I'm going to go Bret Hart. Okay. Okay, Bret Hart. That's sort of the identity of this team. Perfect. I'm going oh, wow, Bret that. Hart. Mr. Perfect. Oh. Oh, man. Then, uh, hold on. Damn it. I could, t- I could literally, hold on. Okay. Heart. Perfect. We need some, we need some size. We're going to go with, uh, okay. We need some size. Wait a minute. Heart. Perfect. Oh man! See, this is becoming such a WWE-centric, <laughs> which is fine though. It's fine. It's not you know, like we said, okay. we're using Mafia as WWF anyways. You know, hard, perfect. Not just because I finished telling the story about him, but Kane. Yeah, because that's that's your fucking you know that's your ringers. Monster. He he could go on a tear and get rid of three guys. Yeah, and then uh, then. Ah, shit. Ah, shit. See, because I could, now I could get weird and go like fucking, I don't know, Pete Dunn, or we could, yeah. we could go with like, like uh, our, our neighbor from North Delta, Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? Like someone to get in there to be like, like, what's going to happen here? Do we go like Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's Red a hard team, though. Red Heart, Mr. Perfect, Kane, and Red Dragon. And Red Dragon. That's wild. That would you know, that's a wild team. Hey, because I, 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 I was also thinking WWE era brainbusters. Yeah. Art Tully. Yeah. But fuck it. We need some of the we need some, you know, it, it, Modern it can't be like FTR. No, yeah. it's Red Dragon <laughs> and the big red machine. And then we got the perfect and, and uh, heart. Very last, very last fun question. Then we'll wrap things up. If you were going to make a buddy cop movie with any wrestler and the wrestler's in character, who would you want that wrestler to be? In character? Yeah. Macho Man Randy Savage. That, that would be hilarious. That would be the fucking... Macho Man doing anything is hilarious. I, yeah. I implore everybody within the sound of my voice, anytime you like YouTube Macho Man on like Arsenio Hall or Regis Tobin, it's the fucking greatest. I was Yo, I, a clip of him you might have popped this clip out there. I don't. I don't know who. It was a uh, Judd Nelson. It looked that, like he was, that was me. That was me. That was you. And the, yeah, he's like the, about the bra. He's trying to t- stray away from the question about wrestling being fake. Yeah. Yeah, that was me. Music's fake. If I win, it's real. 
like what was that like late was that later with bob costas he was sitting in on or something no it was so they gave judd judd nelson uh a, a late night show very briefly supposedly it was called late Amazing. late night so it was like after like the Lando's and the letterman's it was like later later with judd nelson and he had it really briefly it was a really brief thing and um the whole episode, and I've actually posted the entire interview in full. If you go down my videos in the section, it's really far down there now. But the, the whole time, Savage is making Breakfast Club jokes, like the entire episode. That's fucking awesome, <laughs> yeah. dude. That's great. I love that you posted that. And yeah. I think he's my favorite. Man, he's my Savage and Brett are my all-time favorites. Like number one and two, flip them however you want. Those are my guys. Okay, let me ask you. You've probably people watching this probably already know, but who's your Survivor Series five? Oh, I don't know. That's t I never asked myself that question. What the that's, fuck? That's ah oh, man. Like, well, now you have to come up with a, a team to to that could put, your team? put my team away. Yeah. So I'm gonna take Savage. I'm gonna have him lead since you took Brad already. Nice. I'm actually gonna take FTR. <laughs> okay, sweet. I'm gonna have FTR. FTR's my team. So now I need a big man and like a uh, like a co-captain. Uh, big man, big man. I mean, you got Kane. I'm gonna take the Undertaker. I don't know. Dude, yeah, and I want him. I nice. want him. I want him. Purple gloves, purple tie. Undertaker. Yeah, though. he's coming out like that. Um, and then a co-captain. You know what? Just because, like, out of the, it's it's hard. Okay, and this is a. There's only like two. I love Kevin Owens. I love Seth Rollins. I love all the new guys. It's really hard for me at my age to put a lot of the new guys like my top ten or top twenty. It's just. Cause like yeah. I mean, I'm like I grew up with guys like Van Dam and all these people. Van Dam would be a great choice too. I'm, I'm not gonna pick him though. But um, the only two guys that somehow creeped into my top ten from the modern era is Orton and Punk. Awesome. So, uh, you know, if I had Brett, I'd probably put Orton there. But since I have Savage, I'm gonna put Punk. Savage, Punk, FTR, and Undertaker. Jesus Christ, <laughs> that's. Fuck it. Look, not to bring it back to, to Dudesy, my AI podcast, but yeah. th this should be simulated by some computer so that we can get like that readout, like in that Rocky Balboa movie. Like, yeah. Who would win? Like, <laughs> this needs to be, or whomever is like. I should probably makes, like, like make a graphic of your team and my team and get my followers to vote and see who they think would win. Dude, that's a great idea. Or whoever's like fucking with uh, uh, WWE 2K or whatever the fuck. Yeah, it get is. them to play it or something, right? Dude, that's sick. I actually that's a really great I would be stoked for that match in the Survivor yeah. Series. And you know wrestling dorks like us are always like, do the Survivor Series. Don't yeah. just it's not just a pay-per-view. You have yeah. to do the Survivor Series. I kind of dislike this whole brand versus brand thing now because I liked when it was just random teams of people getting together and you're like, totally. okay. Yeah, and why yeah. the fuck? Why the fuck? Who are the, you know the Bushwhackers? They're, why are they friends with uh, adorable Adrian Adonis or whatever? Or it was like it was like the year after Savage crushed Steamboat's larynx, and they did the WrestleMania three match, and the next year they're like on the same team, and you're like, what? Yeah, well, we're good guys now. Okay, we love each other. We're best friends. Yeah. Oh man, thank you so much for doing this. I had a blast. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Hope Dude, totally, Justin. Thank Thanks you for thank having you. me. Long time coming, and we'll I know again for sure. I know, 100% do it again. I appreciate you. Um, also, thanks for your random entertainment in the pandemic, the whole clapping thing. I came in there a bunch of times, checked it out, hung out for a while where you're just clapping away and inviting yes. people to clap. So but... stupid. <laughs>
I'm like, I'm gonna bring that up at some point because I don't know how many times I was like working on an article or something, doing something. I was like, oh, let's see what this live stream is. It's just you. <laughs> I gotta start doing that again. I only did it during the pandemic. It was so dumb. And I'd watch, and then you'd invite people in, and it's like they knew exactly what to do, and they came in like, <laughs> yeah. So many people were like, some the my favorite thing was this one guy comes on. And he's so excited, right? He's like clapping. And then later, like, uh, you know, his girlfriend posts a video from another angle. Yeah. It's just so fucking funny to see this guy. Like, he's just sitting there in front of his computer with a drink. It's a Friday night. Always did it on a weekend, you know? It's you like, did, you did, yeah. It's a Friday night. Fucking there's no semblance of a weekend anymore. It's the pandy, as I like to say. And then he goes, hey, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, that guy fucking ruled. Anyway, yeah, it was fun. Oh, man, that was great. Good stuff. It was great having you on. People probably won't get what that is unless you follow Will. Guys, go follow Will Sasso on Instagram. His name's Will Sasso. Follow him wherever. Where else can they follow Jeez. you? Have Twitter? Are you a Twitter person? Uh, yeah, Twitter, Will Sasso, Instagram, <laughs> Will Sasso. I haven't done TikTok yet. I'm 47 years old. Uh, and then at Dudesy Pod Show on Instagram and, you know, all the podcast things and YouTube and all that shit. If Rick Flair makes a TikTok, then you're going to have to make a TikTok because he's... <laughs> Does he have a TikTok? Not yet, no. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> there you go, yeah. Sounds good. Thank you very much, guys. Make sure you guys uh, subscribe, comment, share, do all that fun stuff. And we'll see you guys all next time. I'm going to wrap this up the way I always do. And you should probably already have seen it coming. I made Jay Lethal actually do it for me one time because he does it better. But, ooh, yeah, dig it up. Nice. It's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus